Welcome to this podcast from Greater Boston on WGBH2. It is one in a series of interviews with authors conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. Our podcasts are made possible through the generous contributions of WGBH viewers and listeners like you. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Emily. David Moore says there's something terribly wrong with the polling industry and points to last January's New Hampshire primary pre-polls as prima facie evidence. And Moore should know he was senior editor at Gallup for 13 years and has a new book, The Opinion Makers, an insider exposes the truth behind the polls. Welcome, David. Thank you very much. We talk about polls here all the time. So you yes. have struck a nerve. We talk about it on our Beat the Press and during the week. And everybody, and we're part of the problem. Media loves to talk about polls. But you say that the biggest problem is these pre-election polls because they force people who are essentially undecided to decide, even though there's an undecided category. Right. It's a forced choice question. Do you, uh, in the primaries... If the election were held today... If the election were held today, <laughs> plus they read off the names. Mm. And typically, for example, in the primaries, there were only about 8% undecided. And this was, you know, in October and November of 2007. Uh, but we know that's just not the case. Uh, one experiment Gallup did in October uh, preceded any vote choice question by asking Republicans nationally and separately, Democrats nationally, whether they had made up their mind. And over 70% of the Republicans said they had not made up their mind. And then of the people who did, they said, who are you thinking about voting for? And no Republican candidate got more than 5%. This was at the same time that all the polls, including Gallup, using that Mm-hmm. Who would you vote for if the election were held today question? We're showing Giuliani with his dominant lead. So, and it was just not yeah, right. So your point is that it ends up artificially tiering candidates. And tiering creates the, 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 the money problem. If you're not in the top tier, you can't raise the money, which is eventually what happened to Rudy Giuliani. He fell out of that tier. But well, why, why, does Mo, why does the media keep hiring Gallup and Harris and the Pew Center and, you know... Well, most of the media, they, most of the uh, major media, national uh, media outlets, uh, have their own polls. You know, the CBS, New York Times, ABC, Washington Post. Yeah, but and they so all on. use the same t- basic t- technology. Uh, they all use this, they all use the same technology, and more importantly, they all follow what George Gallup mm-hmm. asked in 1935, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, "Who would you vote for if the election were held today?" Um, and that just simply doesn't get at the percentage who are undecided. And by not getting at that undecided, and as you say, forcing people to come up with some kind of opinion, they, they mention somebody that they've heard of. And that's why Giuliani, you know, was mm-hmm. at the top. And that's why uh, they showed uh, Hillary Clinton is with a solid lock, because more people had heard of her. But when it actually came down to evaluating the candidates, then the voters began to have different okay. views. Some of these tracking polls uh, seems, seem to have caught on. I mean, Suffolk University, for instance, was pretty much on target with what happened in New Hampshire, unlike some of the other polls that had taken these snapshots even a week earlier, didn't see Hillary coming on and saw Barack Obama winning by a large margin there. So you're not saying that polls never work. No, I'm not saying that polls never work. As a matter of fact, I think polls tend to work real close to the election. Uh, New Hampshire was an aberration. And one of the problems with New Hampshire was that instead of acknowledging that 21 percent or more of the voters were undecided going into the election and thus people's minds could be made up in a certain way, depending upon media Mm -hmm. coverage, the pollsters at that time said, uh, 
you know, Barack Obama was ahead on average by eight points. And, um, and Gallup, for example, said they're only 2% undecided. Well, that was very misleading. But typically, it's particularly in uh, general election polls, right before the election, when there's only a day or so, the question, who would you vote for if the election were held today, is almost correct, because yeah. it almost is today. But prior to that time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, prior to that time, during the campaign, is when they give the misleading right. results. Questions that come up all the time. Um, you can't call cell phones. I mean, the technology isn't really right. there yet. And do people lie to pollsters? Answer that one first. People do shade. <laughs> <laughs> lie. Well, who wants to use yeah. the L word? Uh, no, we know, for example, that if we ask people whether or not they're going to vote, around 80 to 85 percent of the people we interview say they're going to vote. Mm -hmm. and whether they, they do or not. And, and we know okay, they don't. You know, right. That's a lie. 50 percent. But as far as lying about which candidate mm -hmm. they're going to support, Probably not, because not there's no, yeah. you know, there's nothing really socially desirable about one candidate or the other candidate. And if somebody lies one way, probably somebody does mm -hmm. the other way. So it probably doesn't make a big difference. With respect to cell phones, um, most of the, almost all of the polling organizations right now do not call cell phones on a regular basis. And it's becoming increasingly clear that there is a significant underrepresentation mm -hmm. of young people and young people a little bit different with cell phones versus young people who have access to right. uh, landlines. So I think in the long run, um, which means probably starting next year, uh, most of the polling firms are going to have to start right. calling uh, cell phones. Or you make an argument against the Internet, which is fascinating. I, I never thought about this. The database for email addresses is infinite. That's right. I, I never thought about that. There's just no, there's no end to it. That's right. So there's so no there's way no to, way. There's no, no, there's no finite end on the number. Right. As there is in a phone number. Um, so and so that means you can't draw a <laughs> representative sample. No, you can't get a representative sample because there's, right. no, there's no... Not to mention end. the fact that there are a lot of people who don't have access to the Internet. Right. Or if they do have access, they don't use it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And since that's true... They can't, can't be a tracking person. Yeah, you can't gonna... trust on it. If the, internet, if the Internet continues to penetrate American society, there's a chance that at some point yeah. we could use the Internet, but only if we can somehow draw a representative sample first, which so far we haven't been mm. able to do except by calling on okay. telephones. A glaring omission in your book, and yeah. I think you did this on purpose, is exit polls. Because it, from, from my experience anyway, exit polls are 99.9% .9 on target. There was that race in New Hampshire about 15 years ago with Sweat versus Sununo, and then there, of course, was the infamous Florida panhandle. When else have they ever been wrong? The exit polls are pretty lousy polls. They, They're just accurate. On, well, on average, they, on average, I think the, um, the average is somewhere around a five to seven point error in, in the mm -hmm. precincts that they do, and around a third of them have more than a 14-point average. The reason we don't know that they're wrong is that the news outlets that control mm -hmm. the exit polls don't make projections on the basis of exit polls all the time. These, uh, if the exit they poll, weight it with the actual data. Right, that's right. If the exit poll is close, then they'll wait mm -hmm. until they get actual data. Sometimes they call the thing right off the bat on the basis of the exit poll because that's all they've got. That's right. And that's because and the exit polls right. show such an overwhelming margin mm -hmm. that they're pretty confident that that's the way it's going to go. They have to be confident. They can, the probability is that only one chance in 200 will they be wrong. That's what, mm -hmm. that's what they try to wait for. And once mm -hmm. they've got that probability, then they'll go ahead and call it. But as we saw in Florida in 2000, mm -hmm. they were wrong that twice. That was a disaster. They were wrong <laughs> twice. Yes, right. <laughs> well, you blamed uh, the Bush administration in part for that. 
what I what I wrote in in the book How to mm -hmm. Steal an Election is that the call for uh, the, to project George W. Bush, the winner, mm -hmm. at two fifteen in the morning, mm -hmm. was first made by Fox, Fox Network, right. and that was made because Jeb that Bush. Guy. Was talked talking to John, to John Ellis, Ellis yeah. and said, go ahead and call it, call it, call it. And once Fox yeah. called it, all the other yeah. networks Bush just wins. called it. Bush wins. We remember it very well. Yeah, that's right. All right. I'm not sure we settle any arguments about this, but I love the uh, issue. The opinion makers, David Moore. Okay. Thanks Thank a you lot. very much. Alan. Okay. Thanks for listening to this podcast, one in a series of interviews conducted by Greater Boston host Emily Rooney. We invite you to watch Greater Boston weeknights on WGBH2 at 7 p.m. and again at midnight. The program is also available through Comcast On Demand.